You are listening to Mom's Back to Business podcast. This podcast is for mothers who are thinking about starting a business, running a business, and offering tools and tips for everything in between. Let's start the show. Mom's Back to Business podcast is brought to you by The Admin Source Firm, where we help improve and automate your business processes so you can focus on growing your business. If you find yourself working on your administration more than working in your business, go ahead and visit adminsourcefirm.com and see how we can help you streamline your processes so you can get back to generating the revenue. Hello, you guys, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mom's Back to Business Podcast. This is your host, Kenitha, and this is episode 15, and I do want to make a quick announcement. I have a lot of interviews that I have just edited away and going to get them uploaded. So I'm actually going to be bringing y'all some episodes on Sundays and Wednesdays, so that way I can get them out there because I don't know about y'all, but March kick me on my ass, okay? So getting everything adjusted to has been a challenge for me, but you know what? I'm gonna make it through and we gonna push through and make it happen. So today's interview, I'm actually interviewing Ruthie Bowles and she is the owner of Defy the Status Quo Biz based out of Baltimore. And she's going to be talking today to us about how she is adjusting to this new normal and, you know, kind of how we all are adjusting this new normal and how she grew her business um, from four children. And that is just amazing. Ruthie is also a vet as well. So thank you, Ruthie, for your service. Um, But let's go ahead now and hop into the interview. And I hope you guys enjoy. All right, and I'm here with Ruthie Bowles. And Ruthie, thank you so much for joining in. I know we had a little bit of difficulty in the past um, getting this recorded, but I'm so happy we can finally get here. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me and rescheduling with me. Of course, of course. All right, Ruthie, so go ahead. And I know I gave like a little bit of bio um, at the beginning, but go ahead and let us know um, kind of what you do and um, how long you've been doing it. Okay, so, so uh, yes, I'm Brucey, and I'm the founder and chief content strategist at Defy the Status Quo, which is a small content marketing uh, agency that works with uh, B2B consulting firms and like digital service companies, things like web designers, marketing firms, and things like that. Um, you know, and I'm I'm the big mover uh, behind the scenes and kind of you know, I guess not behind the scenes. So, you know, everything we do from social media to website content, uh, animated videos, white papers and things like that, you know, if I'm not creating at least part of it, I'm probably creating all of it, um, depending on where my team steps in and things like that. Uh, I've had Defy the Status Quo, it's been going strong for a couple of years. Um, And, you know, and we've got a very happy set of clients and, you know, new prospects are coming through all the time. So I'm, you know, really happy and business is good. So yeah, that's, you know, that's what I do. And, you know, I couldn't do it without the help of my team, of course, but you know, it's been my baby from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's awesome. So how did you get into that? Um, I had been, 
so I, I was in the army for eight and a half years. Um, and I got out when I was pregnant with our third child, like life circumstances were just crazy. Um, and so I ended up getting out and I was home for a while, but then we decided we wanted to buy a house and live here in Maryland, right? Maryland is expensive where, where we're at. And um, so I went back to work uh, so we could, you know, pull in that money that we needed to buy the house. And I'd been working at, uh, with this company for about a year and there was just something missing. And I was just like, man, I just feel like I don't have any creative outlets. Like, what can I do? Like the army just has very dynamic and you've always, you're always doing something different. Um, and I just did not have that with my new job. And I started freelance writing uh, on the slide. And I just, that just lit a fire inside of me. I just, I was so motivated for that, you know, 10 hours a week or so that I was working on client content projects. And um, yeah, and that's just how it happened. That's how it started. It started out with me doing just a little bit of content writing on the side and teaching myself everything I could. And then I found out I was pregnant with our fourth child. And I was like, oh my goodness, we weren't planning on having a fourth child. And I was like, well, what if, like, this is going well, what if I could go from like side hustle to full time? And that was kind of like, I, I was seeing success part time. And I just, I had to wonder like, what would it be like to not have to leave this house that we bought that is like my dream house. And what could I do to make that happen? And so that's when I started exploring, you know, the possibility of freelancing full time or even going beyond that, right? And building like a agency style or a small team to take on more com complex projects. And, and that is how it started. It started just from there. Like, I just wanted to get a little bit of extra money so I could buy some chickens for our new house <laughs> and pay for their chicken food and stuff like that. And it turned into this whole, uh, whole thing that completely shifted the direction my life was going in. And of course, by, as a result, my family's, you know, trajectory completely changed based off of, you know, me quitting my job and doing this full time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, first and foremost, thank you so much for your service. Kudos to all the service people out there that I, you know, I, I chickened out. I totally didn't do it. So, but I appreciate the ones that did. So thank you. And speaking of chicken, um, you do have chickens, right? <laughs> I do actually. I, I, what I taught, when we were talking before, I didn't have them yet uh, because I gave them away because I thought we were moving to Germany and then we didn't move to Germany. Um, and uh, I have 12 chickens in my office right now um because they're babies and they can't go outside yet and my office seemed like the easiest place to put them so i have 12 chicks in my office and i actually have four ducks outside right now that i just picked up last weekend uh so things are looking good around the bulls household <laughs> all right all right and so um did you mention how many kids you had already too i haven't so i have four children um, I guess I kind of mentioned it on accident when I said I was <laughs> going to give birth to our fourth child. But I have four kids, uh, three boys, one girl. Uh, my oldest, starting from the oldest and working our way down, uh, my oldest son is eight, and then five and a half, and then four. So that's my three boys. And then my daughter, Evelyn, will be turning uh, two uh, next month. And then I said Evelyn's name. So there's Dwayne, who's eight, Cameron, who's five and a half, and Christopher, who is four. So I don't want them to feel like I didn't mention them. So 
<laughs> gotcha. So you've got the four children, the husband, the 12 chickens, and the two ducks? Four ducks. Four and ducks. then in a couple of months, we'll also have at least two goats. Wowzers. Okay. And so do you work from home? I do. I do work from home. Okay. Tell which me is what a blessing that looks right like, now, of course. course. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, now we have to, right? So tell me what that looks like outside of quarantine, like on a typical day, how does working from home look? How do you manage it all with the small children and the, um, the, the business as well? Okay, so yeah, typical day. Um, my husband leaves for work normally around seven, probably somewhere between 6.30 and seven, but I'm usually already up between five and 5.30 um, just to kind of get my cup of tea and settle in and, you know, just kind of refresh myself. Okay, what does my day look like today? Do we have any kids appointments? Do I have any business appointments? Um, are there any house appointments? Because if anything's happening at the house, I'm already here. So, you know, that's on me. Like if, you know, water heater, HVAC, things of that nature. Um, and so the kids normally get up to about 6.30 and, you know, we move right into my oldest getting ready for school. My five and a half year old uh, should start kindergarten this year. He turned five, like a few days after the cutoff. So he's not in kindergarten yet. So my oldest gets ready for school. My two other sons, they get ready. At, well, we all get ready for daycare. Um, and my daughter stays at home with me because she's not old enough yet. Um, the daycare that they go to is right down the road, and it's one of those pretty family-oriented um, daycares, which is why I picked it. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how the day starts. And um, before all the quarantine craziness, um, I was actually going to the gym after dropping my two boys off at daycare. We actually, Evelyn and I kept going, and we'd go to the gym because our gym had daycare. So I was kind of starting to build some self-care into my yeah. team there you know getting healthy and um and Evelyn really liked the daycare and I liked that I could just peek in on her um but that was you know kind of how the day started and then I was normally back at the house probably around you know between 9 30 and 10 um and then that's when I would settle in on the couch usually with my computer and Evelyn you know playing um she plays pretty well by herself but then you know there are some days where I'm like oh it's okay I'll play but most of my work time anything that I can't just kind of answer real quick on my phone or something like that was usually done during Evelyn's nap time is like crucial for me working with a small child at home um and that is like when most of my concentration work is done anything that really requires like serious quiet and focus it was done during that nap time and then you know the bus get you know it's usually a good few hours and so I maximize my time like productivity is huge um and, and being able to focus and so then the bus usually drops my oldest off uh between 3 30 and 4 and then my husband's usually home around the same time and so that's usually about when I wrap up my day um you know so start early and then you know there's a break a long break in the middle and then I get in you know some serious hours um, but that's what, you know, what made having the team so critical, anything that could be done that I didn't personally have to be the one to do, um, that's, that's when my team comes in because it, it just wouldn't be possible to handle these different responsibilities of mom time 
you know, um, and wife time and just being, you know, kind of in charge of the household. There just wouldn't be any time for that. Oh, and if, if there are any doctor's appointments, they're usually in the morning. So uh, after we drop the kids off at daycare, then I may, you know, take one of the kids to their doctor's appointment in the morning and then go home and, and then pick up the schedule from normal. All right. So yeah, sounds busy. <laughs> but now with yeah, this very, whole <laughs> quarantine, man, this has been crazy week for me. Like we've had sick kids. I've been sick and it just seemed like this year we've been sick more than usual. So I'm kind of okay Absolutely. with being quarantined because I'm like, I don't know what else is going on around here. But, yeah. you know, this year has just been crazy. Like 2020, you just want to throw it back. Just throw the whole year away. Let's I do. Like if over. it was a computer, I would restart it. Would restart <laughs> yes. It. You know how they're like, hey, this computer's acting crazy. Did you try restart it? Yes. Let's restart 2020. I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> Totally over it. Yes. So you are fortunate enough to be able to, you know, you have your home office and you work from home. So what did this whole be quarantined? Um, no, I don't know about out there where you are, but here in Kansas, like they stopped schools for the remainder of the year. So yep. now we're switching over to homeschool, which I'm low key kind of excited about because I always wanted to homeschool my kids. And so now I'm like, yeah, I finally get to do it. But then I'm like, you know, our life is going to drastically change because we're going to be home all day, every day. <laughs> so, yeah. But with you being able to work from home, like, was that an easy transition for you or, or was it still kind of crazy? Um, so it's still a little crazy because, um, and it's it's a blessing and just a time of, of readjustment because I don't want to say it's a curse at all because, uh, so my husband is in an at-risk group. And so because of that, he is also staying home. So he, he hasn't gone to work this week. This is our first like full week of being in quarantine and yeah, school's out and everything. So everybody is here at home, um, which is not what I'm accustomed to because even if even when Evelyn is awake like it's still just Evelyn like you can hear the nonsense going on in the background <laughs> but it's still just Evelyn but with all of them you know there's always somebody fighting and stuff so it, it kind of messes things up a little bit but like I'm just like I, I told my husband <laughs> that I was on a call but um anyway so it, it is still a bit of a, a transition period and then just kind of learning the balance between my husband and I as well. Um, and actually for me, work has actually picked up. Um, so nice. this week, yeah, which is great. Like, that's great. <laughs> but this week, you know, I, I got a new client this week that I've been working with and it looks like I may get another one next week. And so I just, I feel uh, incredibly fortunate in that regard, just because I know a lot of people in the marketing space are talking about how their clients are, you know, pausing service and things like that large you know especially if you're somebody who works with like uh, restaurants or or any uh uh organization that's directly impacted by the global situation right now that's you know pretty huge so I, I definitely feel fortunate in that regard but it's it's been trying to remind my children okay so these are boundaries like daddy is out there on the couch yet you have come all the way into my office to talk to <laughs> me about your magic pebble you know <laughs> And it's like, you have to talk to daddy about your magic pebble right now because mommy is working. And so that's the one thing is that the kids feel like it's a weekend, even though it's a Wednesday or whatever, 
and it's it's not for me so that's why I've been trying to remind them hey so I know it feels like a weekend to you but it's it's not a weekend for mom and mom's got to work so there is that that kind of adjustment period because now everybody is in in my space and in my time in in a way uh even though of course they all live here but they're not normally here <laughs> during during yeah. these times during the week um and so there is that period of adjustment you know and then just like I said setting the boundaries is pretty critical which is probably a bit of advice anybody who's new at working from home probably could take to heart is setting those boundaries with your family members is is critical right now in order to maintain your productivity and get things done yeah I like literally at the start of this call, like both of my kids walked in one by one. Like if I shoot the other one out, like don't come in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you don't get the pass to come in. But yeah, so I've actually been fortunate enough to be able to work from home myself. So mm -hmm. um, it's just the, I get the cabin fever. Like I'm so over sitting in my little, cause I have my bedroom as also my slash work area slash studio. So it's like my, everything, mm -hmm. my space. <laughs> yes, and yes. so I'm like, so over just locking the door and sitting in here. It's only been a week. Only yeah, been a week. I mean, and I'm, I'm very extroverted. So I try to go to events like once a week, usually uh, like in the evening. And of course I have some magnificent events lined up for the last two weeks of March and they were all canceled. Like, I, I mean, so I, I'm active with uh, LinkedIn Local here at Baltimore, LinkedIn Local Baltimore. Um, I regularly go to, um, uh, there's a, a group around here called the Network Referral Group. I go to their events. Um, and then I've been, had my eye on ATD's events. That's um, the Association for Talent Development. And I was going to go to their meet and greet, which was supposed to be this upcoming week. And I was really excited. Um, oh, and I'm a member of the American Marketing Association and they have wonderful events. And I, I was just, these last two weeks of March, I'm like, yes, I'm going to all these great events. Oh, and I was supposed to go, oh, you won't believe it. I was supposed to go to a women's creative networking event at a glass blowing studio and we were all going to get to blow glass i was so excited right <laughs> I that was rescheduled because that sounds like fun <laughs> they said they said that they would reschedule it once everything was you know the craziness was over and but I, but it was crazy with that woman in particular i met her at a linkedin local event in february and then she invited me to the event but just the weekend before i met her and she invited me i was looking up glass blowing so it was just like this, I have to go to this, and then it was canceled. Very disappointing, but I understand what you're saying about the cabin fever, because even though I work from home, I make it a point to schedule in, you know, opportunities where I network, and not just to meet new people, but to make sure I touch base with the connections I already have in the area. So that way, you know, we get that good face-to-face -face time, because that's, that's really important, too, and I think that's, that's probably going to be one of the harder things about this social this distancing piece. Um, is that for those of us who do go out and kind of get our dose of people, you know, people interaction, it's, it's going to be a lot harder. Um, I've seen a lot of the groups shifting to uh, virtual meetups, you know, using things like Zoom to have everybody in calls. And um, I think that it may even push the advancement of virtual reality um, further because people are looking at okay you know because even once everything returns to normal like we're not gonna you can't unring the bell like this has already right. happened and uh and i think that that we're gonna see a, a bigger application of, of virtual reality technologies in the business space 
um, it's our, the, some of the technology is already there and it's very interesting. I'm actually, I actually was talking about it on LinkedIn earlier this week, but I'm gonna be exploring it myself um, because it opens the door to being able to network with you know people who have invested in technology but or the equipment but to, you know maybe I could have a, a pseudo face-to-face -face meeting with somebody in London or Portugal or China or Japan or something um, where we could sit in like a virtual conference room and, and talk and, and display things and have 3D objects and you know just that sort of thing is, is very fascinating to me but I think it's going to push the technology a little faster for our business applications. That would be so super cool. Yeah, I would actually be super interested in and in, in doing that and even like, you know, getting that set up too, because even though I'm all for like, if you're going to meet with people, like just meet with them face to face. But with this, like how we're able to talk and you're on the other side of the nation and I'm in the heart of America and, um, you know, even with people across, like it would still be nice to have that pseudo face to face to get that personal feel through the virtual reality, if that makes sense. So I think that's, that's really dope. And I would love to see more of that too, you know? Okay. Well, I, I'll, I'll keep you in the loop because I'm like, I already have the equipment at home and there are some platforms that can be used. So I want to get in and test them out and see what I might be able to work with. Because I think also it would even be pretty neat to even record those because you could use them on like YouTube, but could you imagine being able to watch somebody's virtual conference Right. Like play on YouTube. I think that that they're just I, like I said. I think there's a lot of <laughs> applicability, um, and I have a great imagination. So if you put something in front of me and my brain can fill in the gaps, then it's almost like I'm actually there. So. Yes, keep me in the loop because I would love to be a part of that, um, and you know, kind of help help you test that out. That would be awesome. Awesome. So what do you do? Because you can't go to the gym. What do you do for self care? now or at least recently because you you've also had sick kids too right so oh, you've yeah. kind of been like on duty <laughs> yeah yeah that was um that's that's been a huge thing um this being able to this entrepreneurial lifestyle that gives me all this flexibility it really, really came into play the last uh last quarter for sure because uh, january my kids took turns being sick uh, so one of them was at home at least one was home for two and a half weeks and in a row um, every day and then I got sick in February um, so the flexibility was super important um, I kind of being outside for me so we live in Maryland and we live on two acres which is almost unheard of where specifically where we're in in Maryland specifically where we're at because we're between Baltimore and DC and then we've got Annapolis to the east and then Fort Meade is to the west. And so because we have all these big things surrounding us, the fact that we're on two acres is huge. But for me, stepping outside, and now that I've got my ducks, um, I sit outside with them while, while they're eating. And I like to walk around our yard. It's very, uh, it's cleared in the center, but it's surrounded by trees. And that offers me a lot of uh, mental peace and helps me recharge. Um, this first week was just kind of a toss up. So. I was kind of snatching those moments where I could, but now I'm, um, and then I had the new clients, everything was just kind of, uh, kind of rushing from one thing to the next, but I am looking at some ways that I can interject some self-care regularly in my new days. Um, I like to paint and I play the guitar 
Okay. So I'm going to try and, yeah, I'm going to try and set aside some time for those activities, probably in the morning. Um, But I had one of my regular clients had some rush uh, things based on the situation. So not necessarily an emergency, but kind of a rush, like, hey, if you could help us, this would be great. And I'm like, you know what, now is definitely the time for me to be helping you. Um, So I didn't really get as uh, much time during the day as I, I could have. Uh, for that self-care but I think this next week is going to ease up and I'll be able to kind of put those things uh, towards the front of my day and then still use our so when everybody's here on the weekends we call it quiet time because my children you know they have they can do play on their tablets at that time or do puzzles and things like that but the key is to be quiet and then Evelyn still lays down for her nap so um, I'm still going to try and leverage that quiet time as work time but um the morning times I'm going to try and put in more of my hobbies and what I like to do. Cause that's also part of why I was like, Hey, if I don't have a, a if I'm not traditionally employed, then that means, you know, I can kind of structure my days the way that I want. And so when I find myself working six, seven, eight hour days, I'm like, this isn't why I quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> so, like where, how come I haven't broken out my guitar in a week? This is a good, we need to slow down everybody. So, uh so yeah, so it's, you know, it's kind of tells me that's when I need to maybe see what I can shift off to my team or, you know, okay, is this not work that I should be doing? Uh, but yeah, the self-care is just kind of monitoring myself. And, you know, sometimes I do put it to the side like I did this last week, but I always try to make that a temporary situation and not a permanent situation. And I think that's really the best that anybody could ask for right now. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, that is pretty dope and you're absolutely right. Like the, um, being able to have the, um, pleasure or the blessing of being a, an entrepreneur is that you can structure your day around life, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, I usually hear that most people say their business, I mean, but you also do have a team that you work with too. So let me know how that plays into, but you know, when you start a business, you're on 24 seven, you're always around the clock. You might even find yourself working more. How long did it take you to get to the place where you can say, if I'm working six to eight hours on a regular, like I've got to stop. Um, I would say that that was pretty early on. Um, just because we try to at home just in general, right? So like when my husband and I were both working, we worked in the same place. Um, but just trying to be more conscious of, okay, when we come home, we don't just want to be glued to our phones and things like that. Well, a lot of my marketing is, you know, social media, email, it's all, it's all very digital. Like I, I don't, uh, it took me a while before I started going to networking events anyway. So most of my marketing is, is very digital. So it's just kind of being conscious of what, it is that, you know, we're doing on our phones or how long we're on. Um, but it was pretty early on because uh, uh, I, I had a great, you know, my job, the, the salary was good. I was, I was making a hundred K a year or more. Um, and I was very good at it. I used, I was a translator. I translated Persian Farsi. Um, so it wasn't like I, my job was terrible. And so that was always my measuring stick. It was like, hey, if I am not super happy doing what it is that I'm doing, um, then there's something wrong. Because again, that's what I tell myself. Like, I didn't quit that job so I could be unhappy in my own house over mm-hmm. here, you know, on my time, being unhappy on my time, essentially. 
Um, but there was a, a time in the beginning where I was just like, especially when you're ramping up the business, um, where I was just constantly checking. I was like, okay, did I respond to that person? Oh, somebody responded to me on social media. So one of the things I learned to do was to turn off the notifications on all of my social apps. I only see notifications for them if I go into them. Mm. Um, and that was key because I realized the more notifications that sit at the top of my phone, you know, you pull down the notification screen and there's just like tons of notifications. That was stressing me out. Every time I saw a new notification pop up, it, it stressed me out. So that was one of my key things in the beginning. I was like, I just have to turn off these notifications. Like whatever it is that somebody is sending me on LinkedIn or whatever it is, like it's, it's not as, it's not worth my mental health to have all these notifications and to feel always plugged in. And then also my phone shifts to do not disturb at 8 p.m. Uh, every day. And so that means the only people who can call me are like, or that like my phone will actually push through the alerts for are like my parents, my grandparents, my siblings, uh, my husband, uh, best friend, but those people, right? So if they call me or they send me a text message, the message will come through. But if like uh, a client who, for whatever reason, is always working, maybe working an 80-hour week. If they send me something, I won't see it till the next morning. Um, but I'm also very clear about that with my clients as well. And, you know, I, you know, some people try to keep their personal life out of their professional life. And I don't interject my children into things. Like, they don't come in when I'm having meetings, usually. Um, mm -hmm. Although that may change as well, quarantine. But I let them know, like, I am not afraid to say, hey, I cannot do a phone call with you at that time, because my daughter has a doctor's appointment. Like, I don't hide, you know, that things are, are going on, you know, oh, okay, so this may be a little, I may be a little slower getting this back to you, because my son is at home, because he had a fever this morning, so I am taking care of him as well, but I will be able to get this to you by XYZ. So I, I don't hide those things. And so if they send me something at 6pm, unless it's a, a real emergency and they feel like calling me, um, you know, they know, okay, Ruthie will see this in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think that's the other part is setting up boundaries uh, with my clients. And then when you have a team, uh, whether those are contract team or employees, setting up boundaries with them as well, if you're, you know, because a lot of companies are either partially remote or all the way remote. But yeah, just because I have my phone does not mean that I'm obligated to answer you. Um, even if I see it and read it, I still don't have to reply to you. Um, and, and those boundaries, letting people know what your actual work hours are, is, is really important. Nice. And how long did it take you to build a team? Um, my first, let's see, I think it was about a year into my business, actually. And the first person I looked to bring on was a virtual assistant. Um, and I had a, I had a very nice one, uh, through the summer that year. Um, but then she went back to school. So she was a college student and she lived in Jamaica. Um, but she went back to school and it just ended up being more, uh, than she thought. So I ended up looking for a different virtual assistant. And so this virtual assistant I've had, uh, I think like a year and a half now. And, uh, she's like a critical function. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, but she lives in Portugal and, um, that was like the first thing. And that's like always my top recommendation. Like if you feel like things are getting to be too much or you're spending too much time outside of your areas of brilliance, um, look at getting a virtual assistant. And I'm all about, um, ethical outsourcing or ethical partnerships. 
um, as a person who works in the content space, I am used to getting lowballed or, you know, try, people trying to pay me like poverty level rates for, for the work that I do, or that's their expectation because I have that conversation very early now. So we don't normally get that far if that's their intent. Um, but when you work in the United States, you live in the United States, you can take advantage of currency differences while still paying anybody that you would work with a, a very generous wage you know or rate mm -hmm. or fee or whatever it is that you want to call it so like my virtual assistant down in jamaica um, um the exchange rate for jamaica dollars is like crazy but it's like hunt there's like a hundred hundred two hundred uh rate exchange but you could there are also resources online where you can look stuff up and make sure okay if i pay them ten dollars an hour uh, which is obviously not okay here in the United States, but if, if in their country, $10 an hour, they work four hours a week for you, and that's like, you know, three grocery shopping trips for them in their country, then obviously that works out very well for everybody. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I did it. Like, as I added more clients, I, I looked at how I could, which parts I could let go of. Okay, so which parts were more easily duplicable by someone else. And so like I have a couple of writers that I work with that are on my team and an editor because for a while I had to be the person writing. But eventually as I grew my network, I was able to find writers who could do it as well as I did it. And so I was able to shift and trust them and then shift to okay, the strategy piece now. So when I'm working and developing strategy for my clients, like that is something I haven't been able to, and that's fine because I love that part. Um, and so that's kind of how I've been able to do it. Okay, what can I give up? What do I know anybody or could I find somebody who could do this part? And generally starting with the uh, lower hanging fruit in terms of your tasks, you know, so like things like data entry, uh, maybe scheduling your social media posts or, or things like that. Like those are things that are most easy or the easiest to, uh, to you know, bring on a team member for and then if you do it on a contract basis then you don't even have to have like 20 hours worth of work for somebody you could be like okay i just need a few hours a week and you know that person's probably okay with it um but yeah looking at those lower tasks that just don't provide a huge roi for your time that allow you to then shift that time into your area of brilliance that is absolutely the best place to start Nice. Okay. So I always think about building a team and getting assistance and getting help and what I do. But, you know, when I've tried that, girl, it was like, you know what, I'll just do it myself. You know, <laughs> so yes. it was not. I would, recommend, I would recommend Loom if you haven't used it. Loom.com. I think it's, yeah, it used to be used Loom.com and now it's just Loom, L O O M.com. But whenever I've needed to teach anybody anything new, online and, and my virtual assistant, she could probably attest to this. Um, I would record a loom video of me doing it and the things that I was worried about, the things that I liked or didn't like or whatever. Um, and then I would send her the link or we use, we use Trello for project management. So I could put the link with my video instructions um, onto the Trello card and whoever it is, whether it's so writer, editor, my VA, or a graphic designer, whatever, they can click on that link and watch it as many times as they want to, to make sure that they've got it, which I cannot even tell you, recording a five-minute video as opposed to trying to write out all of these instructions by hand uh, and send it in the email 
that saves so much time. And that is, so that's like a top tool and you can use it for free. Um, they have like some caps on it, but I still haven't hit the cap, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but that is huge in terms of communicating because you're able to just share your, like just record your screen when it's convenient for you and then they can watch it right before they're about to start the task or whatever it is. Um, nice. But that, that's, that's super top recommendation. When you're bringing on somebody new, you can show them exactly how you like to do things, exactly the things you like to use, instruct them on your tools. Um, and if you record them in a way that you don't mind sharing it with other people, if you, like in my case, I may bring on additional writers in the future. So I can use those videos over if it's, you know, for a particular client or for a particular tool or something like that. So um, yeah, having those processes lined out, that's the other thing is kind of understanding how you do things and if it's okay if, if someone else um, does them exactly the way that you do or if they if they have their own process but the result is the same so you also have to decide how much of that you're okay with but you are not the first person I've heard say that so. nice well I'm definitely gonna have to try that so that's something I yeah. haven't heard of before so thank you for that tip because <laughs> I will welcome. be putting that to use all right and then my favorite question I always like to ask are you are a um, entrepreneur and your children are seeing you um, stay home working hard contributing to the household and taking care of them too what's one of the values that you would like to instill in you to your children for or at least what do you want to teach them from what you're doing for their future in their lives um, I guess like at this at this stage, uh, especially because I see my future still, you know, as an adult, my future still seems very wide open. And right now, even with this quarantine and stuff, it just feels like everything is possible. And I just, I want, and I'm hoping that I'm showing them that if you want something enough and you're willing to work for it, then you can achieve it. You know, it's, it's not always certain, and it's going to be tough. There's going to be disappointment. Um, but, you know, as long as you stay learning, you can pretty much learn anything that you want to do, which is what I did because I didn't even have a marketing background, but yet here I am. Um, nice. I just want them to know that you, there are going to be obstacles, but there's always a way around. You know, there's always a way around. I, I wouldn't have been able, I probably couldn't have even been hired as but the most basic of marketing people in a company. But when I decided to step outside of that, that traditional employment lane and look at entrepreneur, you know, what can I do myself? I was able to position myself now where I get to do podcast interviews with people like you. And, and you know, I speak and I've, I've got a book coming out later this year. Like these are things that wouldn't have been even on my radar, you know, as an employee. And I just want my kids to see that you know, you, you can do anything that you want to do and, awesome. and you're probably your biggest obstacle. And so that's something we talk about. Like, do you, do you think you can't do it or can you actually not do it? And that's a big, big question for us when, you know, they come up with things, you know, homework or problems, um, cartwheels, it comes up all the time. <laughs> Man, I like that. You probably are your biggest obstacle. I like that a lot. So, and I'm a, I'm a huge quotes person, by the way. So, <laughs> great. <laughs> yes. Now, what um, I always like to also close into with what is your 
advice that you would like to give to aspiring mompreneurs like myself who we're hustling and bustling in the daytime and then we're moonlighting at night with the hopes and dreams of, you know, going full-blown entrepreneur one day? What advice would you give someone like me? I would say that there's never going to be a perfect time. Um, I am a huge advocate for shoring up your resources and trying to position yourself as advantageously as possible before you make that leap. Mm. So that's the first thing. I want to start there. Yes, do that. That gives you more, most secure time when you know that your family's financial situation will not be impacted by your side business. That is a great time to shore up your resources and try to advantageously position yourself. But the timing will never be perfect to quit the relative or perceived security of your employment. So you're going to have to decide what works. There will never be a time that you are not scared to make that decision. So, but on the other hand, if it does not scare you, then you are probably not pushing yourself enough. Um, and that's, that's for quitting your job. That's for setting rates for your business. For me, when I quote a rate, I'm like, eh, if I'm not at least a little nervous about this rate, I'm probably not asking for enough. And, and that's a key for me. The fear is a sign that I am stepping outside of my comfort zone. And that is true when you're, you're looking at making that leap from, from employment to being a full-time entrepreneur, you are stepping outside of your, your, your zone of comfort. So when you have to try and, I guess, step outside of your own head in a way, and this is where your support network comes in. So you can talk to people and like, you know, whether it's a friend who supports your dreams, whether it's your spouse, whether it's, uh, I mean, it could be anybody, a mentor, but when you talk to them and they'll let you know, like, hey, this, yeah, I don't know if, if right now is the best time, but maybe if XYZ lined up, then you could do this. But the stars are never going to perfectly align. I quit my job at a time where it seemed like you definitely wouldn't want to. I, I used my maternity leave to take my business from part-time to full-time. I acquired more clients during my 12 weeks. I, I took six weeks of disability, which was all I was able to get, and then the other six weeks was unpaid, but I used that to be like, okay, if this doesn't work out, then at least I know once the 12 weeks is over, I can go back to my job. But I had the freedom to actually have full days and, and work and, and network and market. But a lot of people were like, oh, you, you're going to quit your job after you just had your fourth child. Mm -hmm. That doesn't seem like a good idea. But like I said, it's never going to, there's never going to be a time where it makes sense. You know, and there are people right now who are working from home and, uh, or they're not working at all because they can't go to work. And it's like, okay, well, maybe now's a good time for you to start, you know, whatever it is that you wanted to start and see if, if it's great. But then on the other hand, people are like, well, you know, you don't know how long it's going to be should you invest in a new business. So it's, it's all, there's a lot of different perspectives, but the timing is never going to be perfect. And if you're not careful, you may always end up waiting for that perfect time. So. Mm -hmm that support network, leaning on your support network for their advice and, and their objectivity, because they're not in your head. So they're more objective than you. Um, but also, you know, just that, I think that's what it is. If it doesn't scare you, then you're probably not doing enough. And then just be wary of always waiting for the perfect time. If you find yourself consistently putting it off, then you're developing a habit and you may never make the leap that you want. 
I love it. I love it. And I like specifically how you said perceived security of your, your, you know, your full-time day-to-day job. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people are seeing that that is not so secure right now. Girl, right? Anything could happen. Not that it happens often, but you know, it could happen at the the wrong point in time, you know, or. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, so in my case, I have multiple clients, right? So if one of my clients tomorrow is like, hey, we're going to have to pause services because of coronavirus or whatever. Um, I have other prospects that I'm speaking with. I have people in my network that I could tap and be like, hey, like I, I could do a serious marketing push at the drop of a dime, basically, to acquire new clients. So would that be stressful? Sure. Like a client saying, hey, I can't do any more work right now and me having to go find another one. But I am incredibly confident in my ability to do so. Whereas somebody who's looking for a job as their sole for, you know, that's your income, right? So that's your perceived security. But something like this pops up, you know, wh- what are you going to do? But I mean, even in that case, though, it could be that for whatever reason, all of my clients drop and, and there's no, nobody can find any more because, you know, the situation just suddenly got worse or whatever. So even if, you know, even in my case, it's still perceived security, but I feel like I have more control as an entrepreneur. Right. Whereas when you're an employee, I mean, unless you're actively seeking out another job because you're unhappy with your old job, you don't stay constantly marketing and networking and trying to drum up leads for a new job because you're in your job and that's what you do. So so I just I feel like I have more control over my income uh, as an entrepreneur than I ever did as an employee, especially because I was a federal contractor. So as a contractor, it's like, hey, the government can choose, I mean, barring, you know, them breaking their own rules, if something happens, they can choose to terminate their own contract, and then I'm without a job, because my employment with the federal contracting company I was with was contingent on them having that contract, so for whatever reason, they didn't have it anymore, I might not have a job. Right. Well, you know, I guess we can just count our lucky stars and, and hopefully, you know, hearing this helps someone else say, let me go ahead and start, you know, my business or use this opportune time. Because I really feel like now there might be a push with more people saying, let me go ahead and start now since, since I'm at home, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And it's just the, like I said, the virtual possibilities are really impressive like I'm, I've been setting up for a, a workshop that I'm going to do in a nine days I guess now and I'm looking at all the possibilities for interactivity and and keeping you know audience engagement instead of making it like one way and the possibilities are, are really exciting and like I said I just think the technology is just going to keep going forward so the ability to communicate and interact and work with people all over the world I think is just going to get easier for uh, small business owners like us, because, you know, it'll be more affordable and accessible, and we'll be able to leverage that technology to communicate with anybody anywhere. And that's the first step in getting new business is communicating. That's what yeah. marketing is. Marketing is communicating. So yeah. it's starting that conversation, and we'll be able to leverage those technologies to do so much more. Yeah, fantastic. Well, let's go ahead and let everyone know how can they find you online or connect with you if they would like to see a little bit more about what you do and how you can help them. Yes, so my online home for sure is defythestatusquo.com. That's the website and you can find everything there. Um, But if you're looking around on social media platforms, you can probably look up 
defy the status quo on Instagram. It's defy the status quo biz. Uh, Facebook is defy the status quo. Uh, LinkedIn, if you look me up, Ruthie, R-U-T-H-I-E, Bowles, B-O-W-L-E-S. Uh, and connect with me. Uh, just include a message in your invitation so I know why you're connecting. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very active uh, on a, a variety of platforms. Uh, but yeah, my website and then probably LinkedIn is my favorite, honestly. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay on Instagram. I'm doing okay on Instagram. My newest client actually came from Instagram. So I've, I'm, I'm reevaluating my dedication and uh, my hard feelings for Instagram at the moment. So. <laughs> Nice, nice. Well, thank you so much, Ruthie, for hopping back on the call with me again and um, sharing your insight and your tips and also the technology piece. I love it. I am going to try it. So thank you so much. It's been very valuable and um, I will stay connected with you. Awesome. Thanks again. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to my podcast today and hearing my story where I am trying to inspire moms to get back to business. See you next week.